We're doing a warm open, right? <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, everybody, and welcome back to something old, something new, something borrowed, and something brewed. As always, I am Andrew J. Pytel. I'm Nick Lancaster, and joining us this week is Jared Selner. Um, if it's your first time listening, or if if you're getting a little confused at this point. Um, <laughs> We've had a few weird weeks, but we're back to a normal show to this week. So we're talking an old album, a new album. Uh, we've got Jared on to bring us something from his collection. And then we're going to crack a beer and uh, shoot the shit. Um, so we hope you enjoy. Um, Nick, anything new going on in life? Anything you want to uh, chat about well, before we get started? Uh, I guess I'll just say a disclaimer. Uh, Andrew and I are probably going to be... Sounding pretty exhausted and <laughs> tired because we just got back from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. which was an amazing trip, but we got back at three o'clock in the morning and we were very tired. Yeah, where we performed this podcast <laughs> at the Riverside Theater. No. Yep, 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 yep. No, we, saw, uh, we saw a great show um, at the Riverside Theater last night, uh, drove back and had no money for the toll roads through Chicago, <laughs> uh, which, so I ended up getting four paper slips written on with pencil saying to pay online before six days from now, or else I'll get fined. So have cash on the Chicago roads, I guess. Don't say we never told you nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Intro music. Yeah. I have to talk. I have to talk yeah. now. We're uh, <laughs> all right. I can do my own introductions. This is this is local stand-up level. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So uh, for something old this week, Andrew is bringing in the album <laughs> "Get Disowned" by Hopalong. Yes. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> tell us why you brought this album in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Thanks for that that wonderful introduction, Nick. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, <laughs> this is this is actually going to be a first for me. Uh, where this album is, I guess, not particularly old in that it's only five years old. Um, I think is this the first album that we've done that crosses past two thousand one. This might be. This might be the first one after oh, 2001. Weird. Yeah, by a lot, by 11 years. Not particularly old. <laughs> um, and also, this isn't, um, th- this is actually pretty new to me. Okay. Um, we, we, we have accidentally sung the praises of Spotify in the past because of the, uh, the music you might enjoy algorithm they have. Um, that has kind of happened here. Um, oh, okay. I, I ran into um, this artist, Hopalong, via uh, my Discover Weekly. That's and 
actually dug down and really, really enjoyed this stuff. Um, a little bit of research turned up that this album, Get Disowned, was the first major release from Hop Along, the first full uh, full ensemble of three people instead of just the, um, the band leader, Francis Quinlan, as a solo artist, um, and that it was sort of trudged out back into the light after their second release was I, it's it's hard to say more popular because uh painted shut their second release in 2015 was pretty well reviewed and reviewed and uh their first album get disowned was was not so much critically panned as just like ignored or it, ignored implies activity and it was kind of just like a, nobody knew it was there yeah, so uh, I love this record. I remember when it came out in 2012, mm-hmm. um, and it and it yeah, it wasn't super. The channels that I heard about this record uh, were through like touring bands coming through Kalamazoo on the DIY circuit. Nice, uh, and a lot of people really. That's sort of where I was hearing about it, and it, they caught on real good, real uh, real quick with a lot of my friend group here in town mm-hmm. uh, and and elsewhere as well. Um, but man, yeah, I remember. I think they played. I think it was 2015 in support of uh, their second record. They, I, I missed a killer show in Detroit. I digress. That point, uh, <laughs> I was really excited to see that this was your pick for the week because oh, nice. I really love this record. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I got to dive back in and just like f- sort of refall in love with mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I really love about this record the first time around, you know? Yeah. Um, to, to break it down, if this is something you haven't heard before, we'll, we'll, we'll sit you in with the clip real soon so you have an idea of what we're talking about. But for me, the, the number boiling it, it down to one word uh, is essentially passion. Um, Francis Quinlan has a unique and... I, like, I as someone who studied voice for so many years, I honestly don't understand necessarily <laughs> how she can, in in one fluid motion, uh, sound the way she sounds of like half half screaming, but you can tell it's reserved and whispering. And, and ooh, yeah, I got some stuff to say about that. <laughs> let's let's play a clip, and okay. then I yes, yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I do want to get to that. Yeah, I think um, a great place to start is let's listen to a clip from uh, Sally 2. All right, here is Sally 2 by uh, Hop Along from the album Get Disowned. Yeah, so um, <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> okay, so yeah, before before we played the clip, you, you mentioned like uh, how her voice goes from these like tremendous highs to like really whisper quiet lows mm-hmm. and and like that's that's one of the things that i noticed when i when i listened to this album this week mm-hmm. is that I, I feel like you don't hear a lot of dynamic range in music lately mm-hmm. and this album there's a technical reason for that oh oh yeah i know <laughs> oh yes uh oh, i know you know <laughs> looking at you what was it metallica death magnetic that was like the big album that I mean, uh, not to get too far into the weeds, but basically everything that uh, oh, what's his uh, name? We live in the weeds. Oh well, in that case, <laughs> let's 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 hunker down. No, um, uh, basically everything that uh, Rick Rubin has ever produced. You know, his Rick Rubin was the one to first start what they sort of call the the loudness wars. Yeah, where they. So, for those of you who are listening and don't know what compression is, it's this. It's this. Uh, 
process where you take an, a, a waveform and you kind of zoom in on it. So the quiet parts uh, and the loud parts are relatively less different than how they yep. started, basically. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an effective way to do a lot of things. And one thing it does is makes everything really loud. The other thing it does is it eliminates all uh, dynamic contrast. <laughs> the, yeah, so like the, the, the quietest snare drum or like mm-hmm. cymbal is just as loud as like the loudest guitar. Mm-hmm. Or vocal, or vocal, or, or horn, like panpipe, or or mm-hmm. flute, or whatever. Yeah, like. yeah. Like if you look, if you were to look at like a waveform of one of these songs, it would just be a solid. Which line. is those squiggly lines? Yes. If you're super lost at this point, uh, like, <laughs> this isn't incredibly technical, but like <laughs> this is you know, like the squiggly the lines that sound looks like <laughs> for a good visual representation, for like jagged lines. Yeah, for a good visual representation, if you if you look up like loudness wars and then uh, thriller, there'll be a, like a very like there'll be a side-by-side comparison of the, of the mm-hmm. visual waveform of like the original Thriller release and then the remaster that happened in the 90s. Nice. And it's just like, yeah, one is like very much, it goes up and down and there's lots mm-hmm. of space in between and you can see where the loud parts happen and the quiet parts happen. And then the, the version that we got in mm-hmm. the remaster is just like a solid blue bar. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> With zero, which, you know, works for mm-hmm. some types of music, but. Right, and I think that, that that's like, uh, one of the reasons that came to be was also like the evolving way that people consume music, which a lot of the time it's yeah. like listening on like a pair of shitty earbuds on the totally, train mm-hmm. or in your car. So it's like, yeah, if you're listening Laptop to something, speakers, you, yeah, know, you don't have speakers. high fidelity audio so, to listen to. You're not actually in a place where even the quiet stuff you can enjoy, you need right. to be able to hear so like, everything. Yeah. Ideally I, I without changing it. the volume. I understand it from that perspective, but at the same time, I think, it, the the trend that it has set is yeah uh, pretty pretty stinky. Also, the the trend does just just to stay in the weeds a little longer. The trend <laughs> does predate uh, sort of the the handhelds that we work with now uh, by a little bit. You know, Rick Rubin started cr- like crushing stuff back in like the early nineties. Yeah, that's, that's so hate story. hate 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 hate. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. But that but that's what I love so much about this album is that her voice goes. Like so loud and then so quiet, and it's like it, it was refreshing to hear. Mm-hmm. It, it's real, is how it feels to me. Which is a lot of even even some kind of you know indie local stuff. If you listen to recordings of it, it almost feels like fake dynamics, still to an extent, where people have grown up listening to these highly compressed things. Where it's like it's quiet and that's in air quotes for those at home <laughs> which is all of you but us um, <laughs> because it dropped down to just like just keeping tempo on a hi-hat and maybe a bass line and it's like this it's not actually quiet the vocals aren't quiet it's just less stuff going on um what i think is really captured in this album that's kind of like brings sort of those emotional feelings is that she does a lot of these different like different vocal sounds uh different dynamics but just like capturing these feelings with essentially the band staying nearly the same in the background and she just draws these entire lines and and just it's it's pretty ridiculous like like I haven't heard someone sort of draw that emotionally and continue to do that well and sound good um, like ninety five percent of the time, in my opinion. Like, oh man, but when it's All not the time, so w- good. And then here's the thing: is it's like when it's like, oh well, she doesn't sound super great at singing. You know, it's like, well, that's 
it feels pretty intentional. It's mm-hmm. like this is where you're losing it. Like this is the pr- this is the narrator kind of breaking. Yeah, well, I think too uh not to I mean, yeah, the, the dynamic contrast mm-hmm. there, the production and also the performance. Uh but just the performance itself, like uh her vocal range is the top of her vocal range is forced in a really cool, very good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bottom of her range is very like sort of natural and, and clean and, and lovely. Uh, and then when she goes for it, she goes for it really hard. Meanwhile, the band, like those are performances that were honed to a, a, a keen edge. They're mm-hmm. super frenetic, like for, for as, for as a sort of, you know, just ex- like aggressive is not the word I want to mm-hmm. use, but for as yeah, intense as some of those parts impassioned. are. Impassioned. Yeah, because it's, it's it's very like it, it doesn't seem as much as the performance is great. It doesn't seem performative. It's right. the way that a great actor, you know, they're not acting; they're being. It's like this this passion isn't for the effect. It's because it's natural. It's because that's what the intended like yeah. level of energy is. It's 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 art for the sake of art. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's like an actual. Well, you. I think you said uh, uh, earlier. You said the 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 emotions and feelings. Like, yeah, the emotions that are coming out are like real. You know, those are guts. Those are real <laughs> guts that we're hearing. Like, those people were like, they're you know. I think it's a three piece, and they spent a lot of time. Wait, 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 wait. That's there's only three people in that band. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Holy it's shit! Francis singing and playing like guitar. So much yeah. more in these out al- in this in this recording. Her brother is drumming. And a third guy, whose name I don't know, but that's kind of <laughs> mean, uh, Tyler Long, yeah. is playing bass. And they're just like, you know, like, I, I, I can imagine exactly how that mm-hmm. that album got that good. It's probably because they they probably played that material a thousand times in basements and shitty clubs oh, that yeah. don't pay money. You can catch YouTube videos oh, right yeah. now of <sighs> them playing in, like, a living room, like, in somebody's house. Yeah. And the most remarkable part of that to me is how how she can can do that vocal style live and it looks it looks effortless which mm-hmm. is kind of like what kind of freaks me out a little bit cuz <laughs> i was like i was like i don't know how you're making me feel these things and sound this way and at the same time like just you're just strumming along and and everything's fine like oh yeah well, like, like I said, I I loved this record when it came out, and I haven't really like mm-hmm. every once in a while somebody will be like, "Oh, I've been listening to the, the Hop Along stuff," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, man, that record." Yeah. <laughs> and then like, but yeah, this was this gave me an opportunity to like jump back in full full bore, and I listened yeah. to it about three times today. And then something on this this first album that I find like that that really sort of caught me upon like listening to it and trying to figure it out to do for the show is the the songwriting of it all. But uh, before I think we continue on to that, let's listen to a clip from the sixth song on the album, uh, Laments. All right, here is Laments from Hopalong. So before we move on, what I wanted to bring to light here is that um, beyond, and I guess just to get to simplest terms, beyond sounding good um, and, and this sort of like, performance aspect to a lot of these songs where it's 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 emotionally driven but emotionally tugging is that the the songwriting under all of this if you really get to a point where like you're not sort of distracted by how it sounds you can really listen to what it's about is is really interesting and cool and different 
Um, the oh. first clip we listened to, or oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, there's some killer lines that I can think of. Just uh, mm-hmm. the one that really sticks out is like, uh, you know, uh, some parents' children are hoping for a divorce. Like, yeah, Whoo-wee. it's on that. Yeah, and it's like, oh boy, yeah, yeah. This is this yeah. is entirely uh-huh. the stuff that I'm here for. Yeah, I'm, it's it's. I don't want to say it's like because it doesn't feel dark in that it's it's hopeless. But it's very well. It's real, right? Yeah. Like there are some parents' children that are hoping that their parents get divorced because yeah. it would be easier for everybody. You know, like it's yeah. it's uncomfortably real in a lot of it. Oh, totally, totally, uh, the, totally. The first clip we listened to was from, um, you know, that Sally, uh, Sally Two. Um, so <laughs> that old that old classic <clears throat> Sally, old classic Sally old standard Sally Two. Um, Depending on where Nick pulled the clip from, but pretty much any part of it is is kind of fun sounding. It's it's upbeat. Um, it's fun to listen to to Francis Quinlan sing. That song is about the very real death of a family friend of theirs and a very unnerving scene that is real about like the strewn about junk mail and the cigarette butts and what everything smelled like, and so. It it's almost like it's disguised, like the real, uh, the the potentially disturbing scene is disguised with how the song sounds. You have to listen to it more than once, which yeah. I didn't do. You well, oh, no, you, well, like, <laughs> it's, no, it's like you know, this. It's like it's a dense album. That's yeah. what I've gathered. Like when I was listening to it, like uh, and like I, I guess to kind of come back a little bit to like the the sound production of it all, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. This might be like my conspiracy theory. Um, that's fine. Uh, it sounds Bush did seven 11. <laughs> it sounds rough, mm-hmm. but I think that I think they went into the recording knowing that because if they recorded this in like 2012, like consumer grade, uh, like home audio equipment was like pretty decent at the time. Like you could get some really, really good sounds. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that's like part of their aesthetic is like the yeah this the, isn't your two thousand two like uh, punk scene evolution album sounding rough this is like you can you have the technology right. even if you don't have the monetary but backing. they they created an album that that sounds like what you wish every basement show would sound <laughs> yeah. like oh my god if every basement show sounded like that I'd go to every basement show because it no because it sounds. It sounds good, but it sounds rough. But it's good because it sounds mm-hmm. rough. If that makes any sense at all, yeah, yeah, totally. That's well. It comes back to that, like that realism. Like these are real people that wrote real songs about real things that mm-hmm. they have seen and experienced, and then uh, got real good at playing them in front of real people in real situations. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's it's born from like a place of like. Like I mean, Hopalong is still playing relatively smaller clubs. You know, they're not. There's, you know, they. I mean, they get they get decent billing at some places, but like, it's still like a thousand capacity max. Oh, right, it, it has to be a place going. where that type of music. There's mm-hmm. like a scene that already exists for it. Yeah. Well, also just like the fact is like they're not they're not blown up like some right. of the other uh, mm-hmm. some of the other cats that. 
you know, like. Well, even in this, you know, 2017, you get you get now the critics are looking back at your old stuff. They're saying actually this band's been good, but that doesn't necessarily get you big venues because no, not at all. The the larger masses still probably aren't super into you know the more basement show sound. They they trend towards polished and easy right and if this album i feel like if, if it was polished and easy like that it i don't suck. think it would have been a, as effective as it is like the way it sounds yeah. now like her wavering voice her not mm. perfect mm-hmm. like sounding voice and i think to bring it back to one of our favorites like that's Give me some real shit that's one of the reasons why i like ben fold so much mm-hmm. his voice isn't perfect his voice isn't like there's there's some recordings where it's like that's the take you went with <laughs> like some sometimes like he's not perfectly on pitch but that's part of it that's mm-hmm. is he ever perfectly on pitch no, no. i don't think so <laughs> i mean that's not a, that's not a dig like that's just yeah. like that's no. just real man like, that's, oh, no. that's i mean that's like that's his thing though and that and i really really appreciate that with this album yeah not to get too far down the ben folds hole <laughs> on this one um yeah the second clip we listened to laments is pretty cool upon a re-listen um Written from the perspective of a mattress during a breakup, which that's is wild. I yeah, love that. That's, yeah, it's really cool, and it sounds like it could be really dumb. That could be a really dumb art song, but I think it actually comes out very well. That's like that. I would never think mm-hmm. of that. That's yeah. like something that like blows my mind a little bit. Like writing the perspective, but it's like it sounds ridiculous, but also like it's it's mm-hmm. it's brilliant to me. And then the banger on the album, Tibetan <laughs> Pop Stars, which is the clip we're gonna send you out with in just a second here, is just sort of the 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 next level of the whole thing with with the songwriter uh, Francis, where she's she's not going to settle, um, but then you know her her boyfriend is is in India getting with Tibetan pop stars and stuff like that is, is the lie that's made up from the character perspective. It's, it's all just a little more than maybe it needs to be, but that's what really gives it the re-listen value. That's what makes it, as you said, Jared, art for the sake of art, but then also happens to be good. Oh, it's great. Well, <laughs> There's a lot of art for the sake of art that, like, I'm glad my, you in, did you. And in I don't my opinion, it. the best art is for the sake of art. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. Here's to bed and pop stars. We're back. We're back. We're back. We, uh, we are back. Yeah. Oh, yes. cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just still taken aback by by how strongly this album has impressed upon me. <laughs> absolutely he was just staring at a wall. I do. I really do though. Love a lot Blair of Witch style. It's pretty like impactful. Corner. This record is. This record rules. Yeah, and I think so. We'll, we're gonna we're gonna finish up with this and move on to new, but um, my takeaway from this was is something from 2012 that I only discovered recently, and then I feel a little better that a lot of professional reviewers and whatnot seem to have only discovered this recently. Uh, Jared, I guess, listened to this the day it came out. No, 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 no. It was I probably caught wind of it sometime in 2013, which was mm-hmm. after it came out, but it was closer to than a lot of people, mm-hmm. and then. By the time their 2015 release hit, like all my friends were hyped. So, I think and 
I was I was going through a weird time in my life and couldn't find a ride to Detroit and didn't really look that hard and missed the show. But that's okay. Life's hard for all of us. <laughs> I think a lot of people fall down the the thought of if it's, you know, five, six, seven years old and I haven't heard it yet, it's probably because it's not something I would like. Oh, yeah, that's dumb. Um, even Yeah, one, that is dumb normally. But two, even if you're still pretty sure of that, like most people hadn't heard of this. So I, I definitely would recommend it uh, a go. Yeah, I, uh, this is the first I've ever heard of this band, and, and it's, yeah, this album rules. I, I like it a lot. All I'm going to say is the first Matrix movie was a box office flop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, did, it did terrible. And it's the only good Matrix movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And not only was it good, it was You explain that to me. Yeah. <laughs> On our movie review podcast... So, yeah, I know I'm I'm contractually obligated to give this a number score before we can move oh, on. Oh, God, we haven't done that in, like, two episodes. <laughs> I honestly we? don't remember how oh, much we've held shit. that. This was, it's because it doesn't matter. Yeah, so we, like, intentionally picked something that didn't matter. We're, we're 12 out of 10. All we're right, going to talk on. about it, and then we had to give it a number score before we could move on. I think we forgot to do this for a while. Uh, we're st- oh, we're, well, we did. We did special episodes. That's true. That's true. All right, all right. This is um, episode 10. We're still figuring out, like, the format of everything. I, like, I would say, I mean, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. It's it's hard for me to give a 10 out of 10 to anything that doesn't, like, shake the foundation of the world. <laughs> Even on arbitrary stuff, that doesn't matter? Okay. Like, like, these, num- like these numbers? The, the thing is, the arbitrary <laughs> number scale originally was, like, was, like, five Ben folds out of seven Ben yeah, folds. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's, that's <laughs> way more jokes. my speed. Like. Yeah. Um... <coughs> 15 out of 16. So, Perfect. boom. That actually scaled up better for their Yeah, favorite. that scales up percentage-wise, yeah, a lot better. So. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, um, it was Nick's turn this week. It is my to, turn. To take on the ever-daunting task of reviewing a new album. The, 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 the most daunting task is reviewing a new album that is also a good album. Which... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Nick, Nick, you picked for us... The new St. Vincent album. Yes. So I, I picked Mass Seduction, stylized in all caps and as one word, Mass Seduction. Oh, wait. So it's two S's, so it's... Wait, Mass on. Seduction, yeah. Or, I read it as Mass Education like mass four seduction. or five times. Or, or I guess it, it could be Mass Mass Seduction. She says the word Mass Seduction in track three, so <laughs> yeah, let's just put that with to bed. Mass Destruction. In, the name, of the, in the, the name of the song, Mass Seduction. Yes, okay. Uh, so yeah, this album yeah. is new uh, as yeah, of October 13th, 2017, so it's, it's about a month old. It's a little more than a month old. Mm-hmm. And basically I picked it because uh, I've appreciated St. Vincent's work before, uh, her 2006 or 2007 album "Marry Me" is uh, very good. Uh, I love that album. It is very good. I like the album that she did with David Byrne called mm-hmm. "What Is It?" Love this giant. I think that's what it's called. And so I was like, oh, I'll just do the na- the new uh, Saint Vincent album. Thought it was yeah. kind of a softball. I was like, oh, well, she's pretty consistently good. I'll check it out. And I, uh, <laughs> I <sighs> wait. What do you mean? Uh... No, no, no. This is someone that you so, love, Nick. Yeah, so I, I really, I think I really, really did want to like it. She was in Suff Jan's band. <laughs> <laughs> and the Polyphonics Freak. <laughs> um, so I think the first song, Hang On Me, is actually decent. True. Um, and, and I think I like it because 
it is it, it, it reminds me of that St. Vincent, like the older St. Vincent, I think. There are a couple moments like that on the record, yeah. And yeah, I I'm glad you said moments because I think that's what this record is for me. It's like there are moments of this album that uh I really, really like, but they're they're sandwiched in between songs that I could not care less about. Yeah. Uh like the like the second song, Pills. Uh it, it, oh, uh, this was a this was a big one for me. Pills was like so I'm just gonna say what I think a lot of people are thinking lyrically. How more on the nose can you get? <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, like oh my goodness. Yo, I think this would be a great time. Let's. I want to listen to a clip from this song just to set the stage before we go. Yeah, let's roll pills. We, all right, here. Let's let's all do some pills, you guys. Here's, let's let's take some pills, pills. Here for is, every day of the week. <laughs> uh, here is pills from the uh, Saint Vincent album. And this, this song is, is explicit. Because because she, she says fuck ah shit like every every fucking like actually it's it's Cara Delevingne oh yeah Cara Delevingne says fuck she, she she's the she's the she's the chorus voice yeah that's okay because, right, let's roll well, pills okay here's here's pills so how about that <laughs> my my favorite thing about that is how like the uh, verse is actually kind of cool and then the chorus is just like. Like nursery rhyme trash, <laughs> and, and like was well, it? My favorite thing is that after like two of those, it, it gets twice as long with even more nursery rhyme trash. Right, and oh, that's, God, that's yeah. the that's the thing is like the verses are very short, so yeah. there's a high concentration of the chorus, which sucks, mm-hmm. and then the ending is kind of cool, but still kind of sucks. But the it, whole thing, like that track, I know Nick. I know this is your. You oh brought no! This go for in. it! Go for it! But yeah. like what I felt like with that track, uh, so there there were sort of like three things that I I heard on this record consistently in my head. One of them was there, yeah, there is some some like Saint Vincent charm here and there because like, for the record, I love Saint Vincent. I yeah, really do same here. And then I think that's why it, that's why it's like so hard. It's kind of a bummer, right? Yeah. But the other two because the other two things I've heard throughout this record was either like. Like B stock killers tracks, <laughs> or like kind of like over polished major key nine inch nails beats. Like, yeah, like literally, like wh- which tune was it? Let me look it up. One of those tunes, I literally was like, This sounds like I want to fuck you like an animal. Like, uh, oh, yeah, I, I totally can't, I can't get remember that. what yeah. I can't remember what cut it it's was. Like, maybe it was, uh, maybe it was, I don't know, the one that comes before New York, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I fully get um, Savior. Like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's but like literally, I get that vibe because it's like, but it, it's it's polished to to the way. And if you if you watch these music videos, it's very intentionally presenting itself like it's it's dancey and sort of like fun. And it's like we're gonna take that vantage point and be edgy. Well, but here's the but thing. it's sort of just like repurposing yeah. edgy. Too dancey and fun. It's like well, the dancey and fun and edgy combination. Like she pulled that off. Annie Clark pulled that off so well on the mm-hmm. Saint Vincent, Saint Vincent self titled record. Like that record is weird. It's experimental mm-hmm. and it's super funky. Like there is dirt and weirdness all <laughs> over it, and it's still like mostly drum machines, and it's still like like a lot of the same elements are present on that record that are here, but like. That record, like you could tell that she, I think I could be wrong. I, I think that she had a lot more to do with this, the self-titled, because mm-hmm. I know that Soundwave, who is the producer for Kendrick Lamar, yeah, did a lot of the work on this record as well, 
And to me, kind of what it sounds like is maybe Soundwave, who is a phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal producer when it comes mm-hmm. to his wheelhouse, you know, like the shit he does for Kendrick is just out- outrageous. Like, it's great. I feel like they brought him in and said, we want you to make pop tunes. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and so what he did was he didn't, he didn't, he didn't make like pop tunes that Soundwave would make. He made what he thinks they wanted yeah. to pop, pop mm. tunes to sound like yeah. is what it, like what I get the vibe of. Well, and so, Nick, you were saying this got generally positive reviews, right? Yeah, I, I uh, love it. As I was listening to it, I was kind of looking up other reviews. I try not, I try not to like base everything on like other people's reviews, and also like reading them kind of scares mm-hmm. the shit out of me because I'm just some dipshit with a microphone. And these guys are like writing for spin and pitchfork. They're and just dipshits with. But that, at the like, same time, they're just trying to click on a website on Twitter. On uh, Twitter, yeah, they're just they're just dipshits with word processors. <laughs> yeah, we're just dipshits with microphones. So it's like I, I technically we're winning. I was gonna say that sort of <laughs> like race. makes sense because what what you got was if you came in if this was a and I've sort of run into this with a lot of new albums recently, if this was a first release from an artist, Mm -hmm. you would say, I don't know what you'd say, but what I would say would be like, that was good, but like it was also not necessarily evolved yet. It does feel like you're you're making a genre album in a sense. You're making what what people want to hear. Well, yeah. And And I'd say I'd love to see what they would do if maybe those shackles were lifted from them of selling albums. But then in this context, that's not the case. She did that with St. Vincent. Like, I keep saying that's right. Because, A, it's the record that came out right before this. And, B, a lot of the elements are present. Uh, But, like, with this record, they mixed, like, the organic voices. So one of the cool things about St. Vincent is there's a lot of organic voices that are front and center present. Like, she's using electric guitar. She's using horn sections. And she's doing weird shit with those things. Uh, Whereas on this record, like, you can hardly tell there's guitar on it. I don't think there's any horns that I can remember. I love that you say you could hardly tell there's guitar because on um, Los Angeles, I like listened to it and I didn't pro like nothing of that hit me in my head as I was listening to it, like just over my phone as guitar. I watched the music video and one of the like, one of the just riffs is a guitar and I had no fucking idea because it could have been any sort of synth yeah, or like, like well, the video is also a video like you know <laughs> yeah, the thing is, it might, it might not still, actually be guitar she might she, be pretending it's yeah, guitar and she but is like, still she is still selling her ernie ball signature series which is oh, oh. is one of the coolest signature yeah. guitars i've seen in years like, i do i do quite like that super, it is a really cool guitar super like I, I i want one even though i know i'm not allowed to have one because <laughs> like you know it's it's just like it's literally designed for like the shape of of, of, a, of a femme body in mm-hmm. mind like yeah and which so. is awesome but like yeah so it's like you know i'm gonna let him have it uh actually the, the guitar player for lipstick jody has one and that was the first time i saw it went live and i was like oh that's so cool <laughs> Lipstick Jody's a Grand Rapids band. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, Nick, say something about this album. Yeah, yeah. More Stop this is your, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, be assertive. I'm just so take frustrated your, about. <laughs> take your. We're gonna make. No, you, we're good. gonna make you talk about Jared's album yeah, later yeah. If, if you keep letting him talk okay. about yours. <laughs> like, okay, so we were talking about. Uh, I was talking about like other reviewers and how everywhere I looked, like every review was like glowing, and. 
I didn't I didn't feel that way about it. And and I feel like this is an album where I I think a lot of people are convinced that it's very very good. And I don't know. I feel like naysayers are in the minority here, but yeah, it just it didn't it didn't do much for me. Some of it um Sugar Boy, I, uh, I, I, I didn't like that one very much at all. <laughs> but you were, you were talking about guitar, and it's like you don't know there's guitar until the guitar is right in your face. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing, like, I, I mentioned this on one of the, like, when we were listening to the clip, last clip, but, uh, you know, like that tune, New York, uh, or no, not New York, uh, Happy Birthday, Johnny, almost sits like a, like a second-rate Tom Waits tune. Yeah. And I actually, I kind of like the track New York because she says motherfucker so much. Yeah, that's pretty but, good. Like the first verse of it is great. And then like the the fucking killer's dance beat booch, 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 comes in. <laughs> and it's like, what? Why? Why is that? Why? <laughs> and then there's uh, what is it, uh, Dancing with a Ghost, which is sounds like it's just like a 40-second outtake of the next track. Which yeah. is slow disco. Yeah, slow disco, which A, lyrically not very good in my opinion. B... Uh, it's just so so on the nose and doesn't like sort of ham or shoehorned not hamstrung shoehorned in, uh, and be like the the arrangements sort of sit like, like yeah we need a string arrangement but it's like it's dense it's not very like like there's just a lot going on to the point where the subtleness of what the track was probably going for is completely obliterated by just the huge amount of shit that's happening. Not to mention the compression, bringing it back, that we talked right. about earlier in the, this uh, podcast, which was like, it's very present. Like, there's a lot of compression on this record. And that mm. that's just the industry standard now, unfortunately. Right. like for, for big budget, big box right. releases. Which, yeah. and okay, so in, in a lot of the reviews and a lot of interviews that I've read with her, I guess this is like her most personal record, which is interesting that like her most personal one is also... The one that's like the 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 most meh from me. I don't think that's like because I, I think that the the problems that we're all sort of having with this album aren't necessarily problems with what she has done, but with the production and the presentation. Yeah, and I think that might be a natural thing for some people. Is it's like uh, if I'm gonna get really personal with this thing, and then. This dude over here has, is going to make it sound this way. Like, yeah, I'm going to let right. that happen. Like, some it, you get, you get of, scared, maybe. Yeah, like, but some, like, like, just juxtapose, like, you know, like, it's just an ordinary day. Take out the garbage, masturbate. That was, like, a line from uh, one of the big hits off of the uh, the last track, Birth and Re- record, Birth and Reverse, which, like, to me, like, that's a brilliant, like, it's a brilliant uh, line because it like puts mm-hmm. into perspective like the super blase, super like boring like moment in time. Whereas then we have well pills, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Like, well, just... yeah. So I, I guess it's like pills is a hot take, but also like you did the first thirty seconds of it and you got the whole take, and uh, then you right and yeah, and and, and the rest of it is just like a shitty victory lap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I. If this is your most personal record and the one where you're just going to be talking about the most real shit that's happened in your life, I guess don't do it with like like a, a sleek production value and like let creatively other people kind of take over because I feel like because like this could have been well this amazing. is a tried and true artist 
Yeah, like, this. Yeah, I mean, St. Vincent's track record is pretty good. You mentioned Marry Me, which like, yeah, that's I, a great, very, very different, mm-hmm. but great record. And and some of the experimentation on that record sort of like it, it follows. And then she worked with David Byrne, and then she did some other stuff. So, yeah, uh, I guess I kind of went into this thinking it was going to be you know m- more of the same eccentric weirdness and experimentation, mm-hmm. and I guess. I feel like I say this every episode, but it's like there's this new trend where everybody's going towards this idyllic '80s sound. Yeah, the '80s are. You know, um, let's let's listen to another yeah. clip from this album before, let's, like let let's remind everyone what this sounds like. Yeah, before we hit on that, um, uh, we talked we talked a little bit. Uh, uh, we mentioned slow disco. I well, that. that I, Slow disco is sort of the outlier for the record. What's the uh, what's the uh, what's the one right after Happy Birthday, Johnny? Savior. Play that one. I think this is the one that I think sounds literally like uh, animal. Fuck you, like an animal. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here is Savior from Mass Seduction by Saint Vincent. Oh, I definitely hear that. I, I hear yeah. the I want to fuck you like an animal. Like the the rhythm section there. Yeah, I think I actually A B'd them and they're like, I think I think this track's a hair faster. Like <laughs> But they do sound like remarkable. Like I, I even one of my buddies was even in the room when I was doing it. I was like, Does this sound like they yeah, they do sound like very similar. Yeah, that is uh I think that that tune has like some of the stronger lyricism. Oh my sorry, I dropped my bung. Just throwing that bung around, but <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that later. Oh, as boy. you were. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I think that rec- that tune has some of the stronger lyricism on this record, but that's sort of the bummer uh-huh. of this record. Like I was saying, like everything's just not as good as the last record, and it just bums me out because the last record was so incredible. Uh, yes, everybody should check out Saint Vincent's self titled. It's nuts. I guess. All right, so let's let's uh, let's canoe on into final thoughts waters <laughs> man what a what a what an intense review nick has given <laughs> that reminds me of the, there's a live version of a frank zappa cut where he goes like <laughs> something Ooh, like right. now uh now we're going to make a very uh, a rather rickety transition into this next tune which is called cruising for burgers oh my god <laughs> yep yep <laughs> i don't know if you knew this about me i'm a huge frank zappa fan yeah. oh really like yeah, we did. So we did. Evelyn, a modified dog, to <laughs> the quivering fringe of a special doily. All right. Oh, okay. We do. Um, when we really fuck up and can't record an episode, we do like just one person talking about one album, and Nick's was um, Roxy and Elsewhere. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. Which for better or for worse is my favorite album of all time. Uh, Roxy and Elsewhere is a later, a, la- a little later than when I really love Frank Zappa. I love Frank Zappa later than a lot of people do, but man, like. Uncle Meat, yeah, has ripped my flesh. Yeah, that shit is gold. Yeah, there's Ugh. some good stuff that like that that early '70s, like late '60s, like Mother's craziness, mm-hmm. like with with the turtles and all that stuff is like so. And there's good. like Waka Jawaka, yep. which is Waka Jawaka is fun because he didn't sing on that record because it was right after he got his throat stomped by the the Royal Navyman. Yeah, he uh, well he was performing and the guy thought that Frank was like given eyes at his girl or whatever and he like stormed the stage and pushed frank off and yeah, pushed it pushed him into an orchestra pit yeah and that and it knocked frank's vocal range down like two or three semitones yeah a step and a half yeah yeah 
So and that, like that's why he has that very distinctive, yeah, very low thing that he does. So and, it sounds like what we're saying here is that Saint <laughs> Vincent is a a good artist, <laughs> and there are there are distinctive moments of that on on this album. Correct. But that being said, those distinctive moments of you know potential greatness are almost disappointing. Because it's there, but it's not you have to, actualized. You have, there's there's great lyricism, great songwriting, but it's not backed up with production. You have to listen to like two and a half minutes of a thing that you don't really feel anything about to find like that 30 second nugget of goodness. That's exactly that. how I felt about it. It's like when I was listening to this, the, the two things I would do would be like, ah. Sigh, and then either go listen to St. Vincent self-titled and just be like, why is it like this? Or listen to Hop Along again. <laughs> Check out my new YouTube video, Top 10 Moments of this album. <laughs> yeah. Cut together those 30-second nuggets. Oh, man. Yeah. I just want to remember this time. Windows Movie Maker style. Uh, <laughs> number three. I just want to talk about Frank Zappa now. Uh, I've a dog having undergone further modifications. Oh my god! All right, uh, let's let's. Andrew let's, has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, this right is now. not in my Arf, wheel. She said, uh, "This is not in my wheelhouse at all." Let's, um, you know, let's bring let's me back on, and I'll do one of those. Let's keep this yes. train moving. Um, rule of threes. Uh, let's find rule one of more. Threes. Well, play well, one more clip. One more clip. What's, uh, we we talked a little bit about um, Happy Birthday, Johnny. In New York, I don't know if you want to play either one I'll of those. Play, I'll play a little bit of Happy Birthday, Johnny. Personally, when I heard this, I, I, I kind of liked it because I'm, I'm there for like the kind of sad, slower, like morose tunes. But also, like I definitely see your point about how it's uh, definitely like a not as good Tom Waits track. Yeah, the other thing that it is sort of one of the only non like dance beat moments. Like it's not doing the halftime beat thing, or yeah, because that's or the funk beat. That, that's like, almost like ever beat. present on this thing, which yeah. kind of kind of blew me away. Because I was like, listen to a couple tracks, and I was like, oh, is it gonna do this the whole time, forever? Yeah, I mean, and then for the most part, that was true. It's basically this and slow disco, and then I guess technically dancing with a ghost, but that's <laughs> literally just an outtake of slow disco. I swear to fucking god. Anyway, uh, yeah, here's a little clip of Happy Birthday, Johnny. I kind of like it, but that's how I feel about this whole album. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Get sad if you want to. Uh, happy birthday, Johnny. So that was Happy Birthday, Johnny. Um, a, uh, a, 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 a sad little ditty. And nothing else. Yeah. I, I Okay, fi- final thoughts. I wanted to like this record a lot. Uh, I, and I, I will argue that there are some moments of greatness, uh, sandwiched in between some stuff that's forgettable to be completely honest. Uh, some of the, some of the singles are not uh, the pills. I, uh, the first time I ever, okay. Like the first time I heard pills, I, for a second, I thought it was like St. Vincent trying to make a statement about like people who use pills to deal with stuff and i thought that was pretty shitty like 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 if you have issues like medical issues and like you have to rely on on pills to like make life bearable i think like writing a snappy little pop song about it and being like oh you need pills to do everything to function i think that's like a really shitty take i kind of viewed it more as a take and and here's the thing is i think we're going to come to the same place at the end of this 
But it's kind of a take on the performing artist Hollywood lifestyle of just getting drugged up to get through everything. And Judy Garland in fucking Wizard of Oz was being prescribed the pills to do her job by the doctor that was part of the movie production. I kind of thought it was that sort of like the, the, the capitalist music production thing of like, Oh, well, you're stressed out. Here's this. And now because you're not getting stuff done, here's this. And I thought it was the final take of that, like, well, you could fall down. I thought it wasn't a very good song. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, and I was, I didn't either. For a second, I was like, oh, I get it. I think we're all right. (laughs) Here's my final thoughts on this thing. I'm pretty sure we all get it. Yeah. Like, like if, if, if you love this album, that is okay. That's fine. I am glad you found your thing. But, like, I didn't like it. I, like, I know that there is the more refined, better version of this album. So this, Descent in Love. But, like, I think I got it. I think I get it. And I don't like it. All right, my final takeaway. uh, Go listen to Marry Me or the self-titled St. Vincent album. Yeah, my final thought is that St. Vincent... The self-titled 2014 is a very good record. Yeah. So that that that's this review, right? Let's yeah. review this one. The last one was really, really good. Period. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, our, our artificial rating. Oh, God, this is actually... Yeah, Nick, rate, uh, rate this for me. I'll give it a four, and you can piggyback that. Oh, my God, I was going to say four. I'm not even joking. There you go. I was not even joking. The production is clean. Oh, my God, like, a four yeah. out of five? Me, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, eighty percent. You heard it here. Eighty percent. You heard it right here. Oh man. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there, there are a lot like of parts. And subscribe. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of parts on this record that could be great, but they're just put together in a weird way, and, and there are a lot of parts that are not great and should be shouldn't have made it out of the editing. Anyway, all right, we're gonna we're gonna take a, a quick break here, uh, and then we're gonna be right back to talk about Jared's album, uh, Battle Trance. Not that Jared made it, but the album yeah, that Jared no, this Palace of Wind. Palace of Trance. Wind. By Battle uh, Trance. Yeah. Wait, no, that's not right. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Andrew here. Um, thanks again for listening. We really appreciate um, any of the support we're getting. Um, we really love iPhone alarms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's time for beef drugs. It's time to give the cat drugs here at Nick's house, and um, it's it's a great time making the show. And pills, 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 <laughs> and we love to do it. And um, uh, if you haven't, uh, please, please uh, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review. The review is is the best way that anyone can see that people actually enjoy this thing. I enjoy it. Um, about a hundred of you are subscribed to it, so at least like ten of you probably enjoy it. I don't think I can guilt trip much more than that many people. Feel free to be harsh, like we are on St. Vincent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, a four star. I'll take a four star review. Oh, that, if you blow that, I will find you, <laughs> and I will let you know that I disagree. Um, we are on uh, Instagram and Twitter at at s o s n s b s b podcast. Uh, you can find our website at sazensbizpodcast.com. Um, and you can find our page on Facebook at uh, something old, something new, something borrowed, something brewed. Uh, 
it's full of great, amazing extra content that you only get if you're on that page. <laughs> uh, you only get if you can operate a browser. Yeah. I think I think our Facebook page says that we are very responsive to messages, and I think it says that because we have gotten no <laughs> messages. Zero messages. You know what so, the best part about our Facebook page is? We have 72 likes and 71 followers. So someone was like, yeah, you guys, I'll like your page, but I don't want to see your shit. <laughs> That's Because yeah. we post so you know much. Hey, if, if you're that one person, which you're probably not, um, I respect the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, come on the like, show. I, like, hey, do you have a band? I'll like your page and not follow it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's the ideal situation. I have I have followed and not liked pages. <laughs> uh, I, I follow but don't like the Kelsey Department of Public Safety page just because I want to know what those fuckers are up to. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna jump back into the episode. Um, basically, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. So here we go. All right, welcome back. And uh, I guess now is the time where we formally introduce our guest. We had him on talking. Talking shit the whole episode. It hey. was it was great, uh, but uh, let's let's talk about uh, our guest Jared Selner, uh, Kalamazoo native. Uh, I don't know if, native? if that's true. I native. Just, I just said native so. is Kalamazoo native. Oh, okay, is true. good. Oh, it I'm so correct. glad that actually. Hey, you didn't fuck it up too bad. We're good. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna let the dude that I'm talking about introduce himself because he's probably better at it than I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My name's Jared Selner. I uh, play a lot of music in town. Uh, Any I, aliases you go by? Yeah, some people call me uh, "Shut the fuck up," <laughs> that's, which that's I the, answer that's, to. That's the KDP or the yeah, <laughs> which I, which I answer to. Uh, no, uh, my my main alias uh, is Sax Squatch. Uh, I'm in a band called Sax Squatch and Bridge Band. I'm in a lot of bands, but Sax Squatch and Bridge Band, Vishap, Spirits Rejoice are probably the three big ones right now. Uh, Prognosis Negative is another one that you'll see me playing from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, I own a music store on Cedar Street, 117 West Cedar, right next to Papa Pete's. It's called Selner Brothers Music. Um, we sell guitars and set, gu- set up guitars and uh, give music lessons. And we sell horns and everything, too, and accessories. And I, w- I will say right now, I have, I have uh, consumed Jared's product <laughs> oh, at, at, at Selner Bros. It's I true. Have, I have gotten strings. This mic cable that I'm using right now I got from the store. I've had my amplifier fixed, and I've gotten guitar set up. Yeah, and if you're in Kalamazoo and you're going on a I'm, guitar I'm, center, fuck you. I am not even like fuck bullshitting you. you right now. Like, go go to Sounder Bros for stuff. Ah, uh, shucks. Yeah. I like it there. We 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 recently moved. We were actually literally like half a block away from you. Yeah, where I normally yeah, park. You moved, yeah. far, you moved farther away. So all that stuff I said, I'm taking yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, Nick yeah. liked your store when it was one block, not even a block, like. Yeah. Like one house and then a driveway and then the barber shop and then your store yeah. or, or maybe the other order. I honestly can't remember with those buildings. It's uh yeah, but now we're uh, we're we're still in the Vine neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, right there uh, on Cedar Street. So it's it's actually closer to my house, which I like. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I play a lot of music. If this is dropping Monday, mm-hmm. uh, then tonight I will have a jam that I host every Monday at Shakespeare's Lower Level. That starts at nine and goes till midnight. Bring an nice. instrument or don't. Hang out. Beer is cheap. It's like two dollar PBRs, half off at all the other pulls, and then like two dollar shots and three dollar uh, mixed drinks. Hell yeah! So it's like nasty. Oh, 
$3 hot dog with fries. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dope on on Mondays down there. And then, uh, so also this Friday, the f- whatever the first is. It is it is the first Friday. I'll be at Shakespeare's again. Uh my band Bridge Band, Sex Watch and Bridge Band will be playing with Joe Palacastro, who is a guitarist from New York, Joe, the Joe Palacastro Trio, and then uh, Lush, who's another batch of local cats that I love. Nice. So that's my spiel. Yeah, the Monday night blues jam, I've uh well, just jam, intramural jam. We, we actually try not to do blues uh, that's yeah, fair. at all. There's a blues jam Wednesday, so we don't... That's have, that's probably uh, what I'm conflating yeah, we, the we, two, and that's, we, that's my bad. It's, it's fine. We call it the intramural music jam, but you can... Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done it myself, uh, and it is a grand old time. It is it is so much fun. So if you're a musician, just show up with a guitar or... Or whatever. Sticks we, or... No, 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 no. It's, it's the Monday Night Guitar Only Jam, right? Yeah, all guitars. No, <laughs> all guitars. We, 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 we always have a house band with a bass guitar. If you don't drums. know Hotel California, get out. That's right. <laughs> if you don't that know Wonderwall, get out. That for three hours. <laughs> That's, there's a very bad facsimile of uh, Slide. Yeah, yeah. Which is jam with slide by the bare naked ladies. We just uh, we actually you know that that axis of evil like the uh, four chord song. <laughs> axis of oh awesome. Uh, yeah, axis of awesome. Yeah, the axis of evil is a little bit <laughs> the of a axis of evil. You know, the Holocaust. <laughs> you know that that classic from uh, from nineteen forty four. No, uh, the the axis of awesome tune. We just do those four chord songs. You know. Oh my god! All night, just variations on that. So if you ever wanted to blend like. Uh, uh, under the bridge and mm-hmm. like Toto's Africa or yep. some shit, and you just play that. Let's talk about this album. So yeah, really, <laughs> really interesting album that you've uh, you've thrown at us this week. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the same joke that I made off air on air because it was good. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was gold. God damn it! When yeah, you, I laugh more off air than on air. Yeah, so when, <laughs> when you told me. About this album, I I knew you played saxophone, and I correct. I did not want to assume that it was just going to be like saxophone centric. <laughs> yeah, and then zero seconds in, <laughs> and then it was, oh, this is for saxophones. <laughs> it's not saxophone centric. It is saxophone. It's, it's literally for it tenor saxophone. Purely saxophone. Yeah. Which I guess I did pigeonhole myself a little bit, but uh, but that's okay. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm gonna. That's my cross to bear, Madge, and I'm just no. Gonna... It's all good. All right. So I, 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 this is your album. I will let you introduce it. Go for it. Yeah. So uh, this was this is a, a record that came out, I believe, 2014, called Palace of Wind by a band called Battle Trance. Uh, Battle Trance is led by a tenor saxophonist from New York City called Travis Plant. And it's him and three other tenor saxophone players that all utilize what we refer to in uh, the instrumental community as extended techniques. So for a saxophone, that's things like circular breathing, which if you're familiar with the Kenny G longest note ever thing, that's circular breathing. <laughs> you know, didgeridoos, circular breathing. Um, they also do things like uh, altissimo, which is a very, very high range. And then things like multiphonics, which is playing the instrument in such a way that multiple tones sound simultaneously. Okay. Um, and so they use these and other uh, these these and other uh, techniques, you know, not just extended techniques. They also play the saxophones normally sometimes. To, <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. To, uh, but they basically have have written a uh, and I, and I use the term written. They have written a three piece suite. Uh, called Palace of Wind, and it's three tracks. And uh, 
they reproduce it identically every time they play it, even though it's kind of impossible to notate with standard notation. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of circular breathing, um, sound, uh, sort of, uh, pal- the, the, their palette that they use is very much, mm-hmm. it's more like a soundscape and sometimes, and sometimes it's just textures. Uh, there's a portion of the first piece, Palace One One, uh, where it sounds like everyone is just honking, uh, just cacophonously. Yeah, and, and eventually it rotates into a point where uh, there are actually chord tones changing. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that's what immediately struck me about this is like the first the first song of the album, like the 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 first movement. It starts out like pretty quiet and reserved, and mm-hmm. like a, I guess a, a little haunting. That was kind of my like takeaway from it. And then yeah, it was like very much in your face and just like like you said, like honking. Like, and I don't. I I actually. Uh, I'm not good at art music or stuff that like breaks a lot of musical conventions, but You're I not actually well at art music. <laughs> I <laughs> I did I did like this. I liked uh, the 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 juxtaposition, as you said, of like the the quiet, more harmonious stuff with like the frantic sounding stuff. I, I yeah, I like that a lot. What did you think of the record? I found it it really interesting that. <clears throat> it was not at all what I was expecting getting in because I'm never expecting uh, what this is. <laughs> I'm never like hidden plan something, expecting something like this. But the the way that the four, well, honestly, like I, I didn't do my research for listening to it. I didn't realize I was listening to four independent. Um, I thought it was saxophonists going I th- at. I it. thought it was multi-tracked. I thought it was mm-hmm. the same guy like recording. Same. I thought it was a really intense multi-track of one person creating these individual sort of uh, audio landscapes and then like busting it wide open and then following, you know, and, and doing that. And, and with the the later knowledge that it was four guys playing it that can actually, in theory, play that live and do that was kind of crazy. The cyclical nature of a lot of these songs and then like breaking it wide open and creating a whole different experience was... I, honestly, like listening to it, I wasn't like super blown away. But then find it because I thought it was one person. Sure, sure, yeah. And doing over it, but like finding out that like four guys, like four people, were actually creating that was sort of mind blowing for me. And, oh, yeah. And what's interesting to me, and stop me if this is something that you wanted to talk about. Jared, I don't know. Uh, I, I I I did a little bit of research, and I, I found I, it, it might be an anecdote. I, I think it's a true story, but. The uh, the main guy Travis Laplante that you were talking about, it sounded like the other three people on this record, he just randomly called them up. He yeah he he had a dream yeah. that this was the band he was gonna play mm. play with, and so he called three other guys who he had never played with before, and I don't think he'd ever met any of them before. Yep, that's what this and is he saying. literally was just the guys that he had heard their music and and had heard of them and mm. said these are the guys. And he woke up from a dream and called him that day. And then they were like, <laughs> yeah, sounds great. And then here they are. <laughs> yeah, let's like, make something. It's wild, man. Yeah. No, uh, Travis, so uh, full disclosure, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to open up for this band twice. Oh, so that's awesome. I actually know Travis uh, pretty well. I've, mm-hmm. I've actually opened with, played with Travis about four or five times now. Uh, 
He's he's a really kind of he's kind of a weird dude, but he's a, he's a super cool dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like just the, sort of the the I think like the first time I met him was probably like almost a decade ago. Oh and wow! He was, and I, I'd ask him questions, and he was just like, "Oh, I I uh, I I learned from very old French books." And I was like, "Oh, like what books are you?" He's like, "I'd rather not say." You know, like, <laughs> very like this is my thing. <laughs> they then, are cursed, cryptic, right. And-, right. and then and then like the last time we hung it's out, it's found like, in human skin, right? And then the last time we hung out, we had a great time. Like he he played. We actually played at the First Congregational Church downtown. Uh, which is a great space for live music, uh, mm-hmm. and also a very progressive church. And uh, Nathan Dannison is their is their guy, their their uh, their pastor, who is also the fiddler for Who Hit John, which is a local bluegrass. Oh, band. oh nice! That's I did awesome. not realize that. Yeah, so like it's all uh, you know, let let the let the chain remain unbroken, kind of thing. But uh, we were fortunate enough to use that as our venue last time they came through, uh, which was I think end of last year or early last year. I can't remember exactly when it was, but. Uh, but yeah, the, the, like that time, you know, I'd, we'd we'd met and hung out four or five times at this point. And so I like, so tell me about this. And he was like, oh yeah, like let's hang out. Like you know, like I'll show you some stuff. And it's like completely like, <laughs> oh cool, like we're cool now. But but Travis, uh, the two things he does for money in New York City are play experimental saxophone music and teach qigong, which is Chinese meditation art. Oh. And so, if you make enough money doing that in New York City to live in New York City, you've got to be pretty good pretty at good one at it, or right? the other <laughs> yeah. or both. Like, like the anecdote this, I like. To, this dude sounds fascinating. Yeah, the, yeah, totally. Like the anecdote I like to tell is like, I was like, so do you ever play with like you know like more straight bands, like regular bands? And he's like, he's like, that might be fun if the right one, like like somebody I was digging. But honestly, I don't have time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't okay. have time to play with like a, a yeah. band because I'm too busy, too busy experimenting. Being, yeah, and, and it's and it's incredible, but. But yeah, uh, the, like when the, when I've seen them live, they 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 stop and meditate beforehand, and then they stop and meditate afterwards. And there's huh. a there's a good a good portion of the performance is dead silent because you're watching these four men meditate with their saxophones before they and after they <laughs> that oh that's oh, yeah, that I was imagining like, that off stage, not like no, as no, no, part no. of the performance, not in the green room. <laughs> Yeah, no, just right out, right, right hands out hands held that, in the green room. That actually room sounds amazing. Table. Like I, I, I feel like the space that would be created in that room. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see these guys live now. To oh. be completely honest. Well, the thing that you said earlier. Uh, first of all, live. It's it's nuts, 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 nuts. But the, the thing you said earlier, like in theory, these people can do it. It's like yeah. Well, if you watch their live videos and then listen to the record, it's identical. They do. They reproduce the, yeah. the tunes as recorded every time. It's huh. like the amount of mastery that these four guys have is just incredible. I'm doting. I apologize. I'm doting. No, no that's no, no, fine. This is great. Because right. I think definitely um, at, at this point, I'm gonna guess most people have not heard this yet. <laughs> uh, in town, there might be more than in other towns because uh, <laughs> because I talk about it a lot. But yeah, yeah like. Although, uh, this is their first record. They did another record last year. It was called uh, Blade of Love. Yeah, I actually had heard part of that on NPR. Yeah, Blade of Love made it to the first round round, um, uh, poll for the Grammys last year. Oh, wow. Uh, So, like... You know, like they yeah. didn't obviously it's, it's didn't not, make it's it. It's not nothing, though. It's not nothing, but like they were in consideration with whatever else won mm-hmm. the best alternative record of 2016. Yeah, so. which we will figure out uh, during this clip that we're going to listen yeah. to from uh, all right. 
So this is this is this is set up easy for a three clip scenario. So this is Blade of Love one, or excuse me, uh, Palace of Wind one. Palace of Wind one. Here we go. So that was Battle Trance uh, Palace of Wind one. Yeah. Man, I remember how hyped I was when these guys first came through. <laughs> so were you a, were you a fan of Travis's before? This album came out? Yeah, so like one of the most life-changing experiences I've ever had in ever, well, in music, which also means ever because music (laughs) is the most important thing in life. I just want to hit it back right quick. Like in case there was any sort of misunderstanding, don't get it twisted, it is sex squatch as in the saxophone. Sex squatch as in the saxophone. You are a a saxophone player, human being through and through. Like that is something like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I I called this, I called this uh, record, uh, not necessarily because of that, but it probably looks that way. (laughs) Uh, but no, um, yeah. Like Travis was super, like super inspiring to me. I, the first time I saw him, it was definitely a life-changing moment. He used to have a group called Little Women, which was him and an alto sax player and then a drummer and a guitarist. Mm-hmm. And this was before Louis uh, here in Kalamazoo was doing shows. They didn't even have a stage. It was just a, a, a banquet hall in the back. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say it was Sean Hartman and, oh, my goodness, Brad Miller. I think Sean Hartman and Brad Miller did that show. Uh, Brad is used to be in a band called Unitard. Now he's in a group called Circle of Friend. He he really likes experimental and and out music, and then Sean, of course, uh, he runs the uh, he runs Satellite Records. He's the manager at Satellite Records. He's also in Forget the Times. He's also mm-hmm. a co-owner of Already Dead Tapes and Records, uh, okay. and he plays in he plays in a band with two bands with me, uh, three bands with me, three bands with me. <laughs> uh, we we had a, a, a project called Emergence that has a ton of recorded material online. Uh, we're in a group called uh, Prognosis Negative, which is just he and I, sax one and guitar, and then uh, we play together in Spirits Rejoice, which we opened for uh, Battle Trance last time they came through with Spirits Rejoice. Anyway, talk, 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 talk. <laughs> uh, Brad and Sean set up this little women's show, and we I, I was there, I was opening, uh, I was playing with Forget the Time, or with Sean's old band at the time, which was Rodwood Moon, and uh, Travis... And I can't remember the name of the other saxophone player. They set up sort of in the middle of the room. And there's like, you know, there's a healthy space between the band and us. And, uh, you know, they get ready. And then Travis and, and the other sax player look at each other. And they, they like sort of nod and they say something like, are you ready to start? You know, something like that. And they both turn and they take like two steps forward. So they're like less than three feet away from us. And they just start wailing. <laughs> And it was like, oh, like, oh, God, you know, uh, and uh, and I, I was dead silent the entire, like, they, they played a full hour straight, and I was dead silent during their performance, like, it was literally, like, I'd never seen anything like it, this was almost, <laughs> this had to have been 2008, so almost 10 years ago. Just fully captivated. I'd ne- yeah, I'd never seen anything like it, it was a quiet, intimate winter mm-hmm. evening, you know, winter Oh, that night. sounds amazing. In Louis' back room, before it was a bu- like before it was anything, it was just an empty room mm-hmm. with chairs that we had pushed out of the way, you know, like, and it was just like these these guys were wailing at me in, in ways that I'd never really thought about playing music before, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, that that literally like changed how I do pretty much everything. Uh, wow, musically anyway. 
which is everything I do. So right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Still brush my teeth the same. <laughs> I put my pant legs on one leg at a time, just like the rest of you, but also mm-hmm. saxophone music. I don't know. What, I don't know. Where I was going. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's give them uh, let's give them another clip from uh, part two. Part two. This is a and, password two. Yep, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll go into final thoughts, play another clip, and then we'll uh, have some beer and shoot the shit as if we haven't been doing yeah. that <laughs> basically the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a little bit of uh, Palace of Wind 2 from Battle Trance. So as we, as we hop along towards the end here. Hey. Ooh, Ooh. Nice. Good one. Good one. Good one. Very good. Hey. Um, yeah, it's this is to, like... I, I was in sort of the same boat with Nick of like, I don't want to expect it to be saxophone music. And then it was. <laughs> but then all that being said, it, it didn't, this is a very interesting art piece to an extent and doesn't feel like, like I didn't, I didn't come out the other side like, oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. It's saxophones and shit. It was, it's. <laughs> Like I said earlier, you know, which it is, upon it is learning, it is saxophones and shit. But it's it's for people playing the saxophone and doing like creating um, something non traditional, non standard, and very very interesting and complex. And I think that's pretty remarkable. If if you're someone who's open minded to this, definitely give it a listen. And if you're not, um, you should be. You should be more open-minded to things that you don't understand because then maybe one day you might understand. Yeah, I, uh, so since I am a guy that likes saxophones and shit, uh, <laughs> I took lessons years ago from a guy named Sean Wallace. Uh, I think Sean, right now, he's the head of the jazz department at Ohio State. Oh, wow. So he's a badass, and like <laughs> I wish I paid better attention when I was taking <laughs> lessons when I was a freshman <laughs> in high school. Uh, but he said, he said, uh, and I live by this, uh, there's only two kinds of music, you know, like good music and the rest of the shit that sucks. He didn't say that, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's either good or it's bad, you know, like genre doesn't enter into it. Like, you know, and so I think, uh, I think this is a great example of good music that doesn't really fit a preconceived notion of what it should be. And so it just kind of is. It's kind of the antithesis to that St. Vincent album where it's like, this is the, (laughs) this is the farthest thing from, from making something to fit a genre. Yeah. Like, because even though some people might immediately be tempted to be like, Oh, is it classical music? It sure as fuck is not (laughs) like, like it is just about as far from classical as anything you could get. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't even know how I would, describe it to a person other than it's it's its own thing (laughs) it's its its own thing it's not like something that you you put on your car radio and drive around to it's like Mm -hmm. it's it's well that and uh, we were talking about like you know the loudness wars and the way people listen to music earlier i guess i'm I'm gonna tie it uh, back in here yeah bring it full circle this is something that you, you sit down with like a, a, a set of speakers or a stereo headphone mm-hmm. and oh my god i'm so sorry and you just you listen to it like you sit down you focus on this and you listen to it mm-hmm. and that's probably the best way to consume this yeah. like if you do it while you're distracted or like uh, driving or like doing other stuff like you, I, I feel like you're not getting the point yeah it's 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 thomas Pinchon. you know it's not danielle Steele. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> those are writers, right? It's 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 not necessarily easy to digest. It's not super easy to listen to and get down with it. But like, it's definitely worthwhile. It, to well, take a- it's hop along and not St. Vincent's most recent yeah. album. Uh, <laughs> it's drawn out to a much bigger I, extreme. I mean, yeah, I think like I, I said before, like the the hop along record had you know like those are their guts laying out, and I think that Travis and and company like the boys in the band like really do that in a big way on this record like oh yeah yeah, there's the the saxophone is an interesting animal because it actually sounds like it's weeping sometimes and i think that there are moments in this record uh and also on blade of love like blade of love is equally if as good if not much better um so you know try them both at least once you know but those are my final thoughts all right. So before we get into the last clip, um, the Palace of Wind three, um, yeah, that's it. you've got to you've got to rate this. You've got to rate this with, oh, a, with, a num- with a number out of a number. And like, this is... I love doing this part where it's like we all agree that like yeah, this is an art thing, and like you got to view it as like art. And it's like okay, now gotta very subjectively rate this. Subjectively, it's perfect. It's a thousand out of a thousand. All right. Or nice. 10 out of 10 or 4 out of 4 or 1 out of 1, whatever wow. you want. Like, I think that this is, for my money, this is the best thing that came out in 2014. And it was the best performance that I experienced in 2014. And uh, that's not just because I'm a saxophone dude, you know, although maybe it is. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think that this is like, this is a, a real glimpse into like the human consciousness and subconsciousness and like an example of what, uh, experience being laid out in a artistic and and contextual way can really look like and and sound like all right let's uh i don't no this is this is perfect uh let's why bring on something you don't love right right right. Uh, all right so let's let's play uh, a little clip of palace of wind three and then we will be right back with some beers here we go. And we're back. Um, I just cracked open a beer. I poured it. We're going to get some first impressions. Who cracked open a beer? Jared cracked open a beer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I'm the only one on this beer-related show that has a... A church key in his pocket, and I'm yeah. just going to say that for the record. But Nick's is in the kitchen. There's yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, a yeah. far walk. I have several yeah, yeah, yeah. bottle openers. None of them are close to me. How, how, how are you going to get back into the church if you don't That's have a, a good key? Point. I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> so this week... I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'll leave now. We're I'll drinking <laughs> Lakefront Brandy Barrel Aged Spiced Winter Lager from Lakefront Brewing in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It smells amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Basically, we, we were, before we even started, like recording this it segment. does it smells like it smells like brandy we we sniffed really the beers does. and we're like about to drink them and i was like wait, wait 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 no we need to record this part so basically we sniffed mm-hmm. it and it smelled so good yeah. it compelled us to so continue recording this on. is a dark lager brewed with honey cinnamon nutmeg ginger cloves and orange peel and then aged in brandy barrels and normally I, I i'm not i don't love spiced beer normally but when you're going to like barrel age it and fortify it and add that barrel sweetness a lot of times like you know what it makes the spices work you know it's not 
Ichabod. It's not. <laughs> you know. Thump- By the way, if you ever want to piss me off, hand me a pumpkin beer. And yeah, right. It. Like, like when you're gonna barrel age the shit out of something, then like spicing it doesn't turn it into that like that uh, super cliched October pumpkin spice beer. Right. Yeah. So we're oh. sipping. We're sipping now. I will sip. Oh Lord. That's. Uh, I didn't tell them yet. It's thirteen point seven percent. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I can taste that. Actually, yeah. I can feel it. Oh mm. my goodness, it warms you up. Yeah, it doesn't actually taste as like ethanol forward. It's not as boozy as maybe I'd expect at thirteen seven. It is yeah. sweet. That it's that very sweet. It brandy uh, sweetness. It almost like if not for the, if not for the. Hmm. Like the the huskiness of like the, the beer itself, it almost yeah. tastes like a uh, like an ice wine. Like a, like a oh yeah, ice wine. Like an ice ice wine. Yeah, one day we'll get we'll get a, we'll get an ice box on this show, but those are hard to find because you have to have a distilling license. Right. But yeah, but it's uh, a it's big. Ice wine is by the way, uh, it's uh, with the grapes when it gets cold enough for the grapes to freeze, they'll harvest them. And then they they're super super sweet when they uh, when they mash them down into a wine. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then uh, and a lot of a lot of times it's actually served uh, frozen, and it's uh, I've seen it used as like toppings for ice cream and that sort of thing. It'll keep um, it keeps some of the water out. You can keep some of the water out of it, so that you yeah. have just higher concentration of fermentable sugar. The um, an ice box uh, is a um, a cold distilled beverage that is you take a doppelbach and you freeze it so that the water chunks off on one side Mm. you slice the water off and then you've got you know your distilled beer basically but you carve it so in terms of the law it is a a distillate it is it is um a spirit but most beer people will still consider that a beer um, and so you know, they, then they unfreeze it, they carb it, and they sell it. I think all the, all the strongest beers in the world are, are ice bucks of one form or another. Sam Adams Unitas, which is like 60%. Hold on. I've got, I've got a hot take coming in from off the presses. Uh-huh. I, uh, I let Alicia, who is the resident uh, MCR expert from the last uh-huh. episode, come over and taste yeah. it. And her description of this beer is... Tastes like old raisins. It does. It's 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 a w- <laughs> the way we spin that is we call that dark fruit. It's got a big dark fruit taste. Black currants, raisins. What it really what it tastes like to me is I can say is fruit cake. Like oh, like like, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. really okay, a really okay. intense fruit cake as a beer flavor because it is sweet. Like it's definitely not losing the sweetness in these spices. Tastes like old raisins. <laughs> yeah, that. Old Tastes fer- like old wet raisins. Old fermented raisins. <laughs> Girl who likes MCR. <laughs> Sorry, that um, was rude. Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, part of that that I glanced over is that this is brewed with honey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then okay. honey uh, in the brewing process, if you put it in early enough, just ferments completely and turns into alcohol. If you do it later, it adds that nice sweetness. So I want to come back and say I'm very sorry. That was a very rude thing to say. MCR is actually great. And if you haven't yeah. listened to the last episode, the MCR episode, uh, you should definitely teenagers do Teenagers do scare the living shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, that song has only gotten more accurate as I have gotten older. Well, also, like, that's a ripping-ass blues tune, basically. Yeah, like, that solo fucking kills. Yep. Yeah, it does. I, I have a lot of respect for MCR. Can we, can we keep 
MCR and Zappa as our yes. unofficial. Oh my god, I I, I could yeah, talk for it's, hours. It's it's careening that direction <laughs> just as the show goes. Um, Black Parade is fine. I mean, you know, it's whoa. <laughs> I can feel that. Uh, topographically speaking, Alicia is sitting behind me. I, I, I felt the heat level come up there was just some a little seismic bit. Activity. Yeah, it wasn't just the fourteen percent beer in your face. No, no, it, was, it was it was definitely from behind me. Like, so, oh god. No, actually, Black Parade's a great record. A lot of that stuff is great. Yeah, um, we did a, we did like a, an hour and a half on MCR last good, week. Good, thank God. Alicia talked us through the history, each album. We got a lot of tastes and a lot of... What's the best album? There is no best album. Oh, there man. is no best album. no best album. What's your favorite album? Black Parade's their favorite. Black Parade's okay. favorite. Okay. Well, I don't, we learned this last week. Uh, Alicia got into costume design. As her major for undergrad because of Black Parade, the Michael Romans album. Those are great costumes for that uh, for those yeah. that series of videos and everything. Yeah. So, to keep ourselves from repeating too much, no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I want to tell a quick story. Nick and I in Milwaukee. Um, the last, I mean, we were there for like thirty six hours. Real quick turnaround. Can we um, just say while we were there? Is that weird to say while we were there? I don't think, so we we saw uh, my probably my favorite podcast. Probably your favorite podcast? Yeah. Uh, probably my favorite boys. Uh, we saw the My Brother, My Brother and Me live show, in, um, which is a comedy advice podcast at the Riverside Theater in Milwaukee yesterday night. Yep. But we drove up, which was, because this was one week ago, uh, if you're listening to the day it comes out, like imagine all of our loyal listeners do, <laughs> uh, it was a, a Sunday night, and so we drove out Saturday after we got done with work. Um, we hung out. Went to a couple breweries, got brunch, saw just some Milwaukee things. Just we went some to, very Milwaukee shit going yeah, down, yeah. beer and cheese. Brunch Downtown burgers. Milwaukee is beautiful. Milwaukee's I, sweet. It was cold as fuck. I love Milwaukee. I, I probably really would have enjoyed it a lot more if it wasn't cold. It was dead. great. Wisconsin, uh, the fun fact about Wisconsin is uh, they don't have cheese sticks like all the other McDonald's do. They have cheese curds. <laughs> shit, the McDonald's had cheese curds there? Everything has cheese curds. Who went to oh. fucking Wisconsin? I know, it's amazing. Uh, so we we went to Lakefront Brewing, which is where this beer is from. Um, it's real good, by the way. We brought them some gifts. Old raisins and all. Did their tour. Uh, their our, bartender our, was, I'm a brother, my brother and me fan. Yeah. we told like, Their bartender was going to the show we were going to. He was great to us. Our tour guide, Sam, was, oh, yeah. was hilarious. Sam. Which tour did you guys take? Uh, we did the a brewery tour of Lakefront, which oh, takes okay. us through uh, all their stuff. Talks about history. Uh, they are thirty years old. Oh, okay. Which for a craft brewery is getting to as old as you can be. I yeah. think thirty-three years is as old as a craft brewery can possibly be because of the laws. So that's right up there. Um, I was named the Bung Queen of the brewery <laughs> tour. A Bung is a stopper that goes in the side of a firkin, which is a traditional ale cask. And they because go, I've they volunteered, to, they, they go on a lot of things. Actually, yeah, actually, a bung. So <laughs> I'm, I'm holding the bung deal. in my hand right now. It's a uh, uh, gross. Uh, <laughs> graduated uh, trapezoidal. Anyway, so the thing is, <laughs> so that's where the classic TP for my bunghole line <laughs> yeah, yeah, comes yeah, yeah. for. Uh, the bunghole is an actual part of the fur. Yeah, you put the bung in the bunghole. It's also a part of uh, with uh, the bung smacker. Yeah, and a bung. There's a bung wrench for uh, different uh, for like, kerosene containers. will have bung wrenches. You gotta wrenches. change the size of it with a bung wrench. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, because uh, if it's a threaded bung, you actually have to use a wrench to get it in and out. Oh, uh, that's a real thing. Threaded bungs. Yeah, we they're, had not, a, they're not just whacked bungs like this. This one is a, a whacked type bung. We had a great time at Lakefront <laughs> and um, nice whack bung, bro. Shout out to Sam and all of all of y'all. <laughs> um, 
great, great stuff. Yeah, uh, and then the beer. This so this is something out of their reserves that they actually gifted us, and so we're it's really eternally grateful. It's it's I want I'm pretty grateful, but also like this is strong as fuck. I'm sleepy now. Thirteen point seven is almost as strong as you get in beer. I'll have another. Uh, <laughs> I'll have one more. Thank you, sir. May uh, I have another? Uh, yeah. When last time I was in Milwaukee, we uh, we did the Miller Coors tour. Oh, nice. And you get like almost a full beer and a half at the end for free. Like mm-hmm. it's a free tour, and so that was kind of fun. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's Miller Miller Light and like Shock Top or something. Yeah, so but I do love High Life. Really so just, it's fine. Yes, you guys, you guys did the better the tour. Best, the I feel like I that exist. I feel like that would you be did, interesting. The just tour. in the sense of like that a, is great. I recommend it. Highly. A, a little piece of history, just like mm-hmm. it'd be interesting. And like even seeing like the the Budweiser factory. The thing with the Budweiser like, tour is that they tell you like like it's a fact that rice is a necessary ingredient in beer, and it's just like <laughs> yeah, but it's not simulated, simulated rice wine beverage. Yeah, it's like um, yeah, but it's uh, not uh, though. And they're like, yep. The five main ingredients of beer. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> my favorite, yeah, my favorite a- a- element of the uh, of the Miller tour was uh, was uh, the the they had like a, a talking Miller girl, you know, the gal on the moon or whatever. It was mm-hmm. just like, ooh, that's creepy. Like, yeah. But you do learn some fun facts. Like they make they bottle uh, the Milwaukee factory bottles like five hundred thousand cases. Uh, a day. Oh yeah. my God! Well, the, and 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 Chicago drinks three hundred thousand of them by themselves. Damn. Woof. Yeah, the thing with comparing craft to macro still, and a lot of people like have started to lose sight of this. But you got to keep it in mind that all of craft beer sales, and this now includes Yingling, but all of craft beer sales adds up to one state of Budweiser. Yeah, one of the fifty <laughs> states of the U.S. God. of Budweiser is. All of craft beer in the whole country. And so, like, it's... These things are huge. They're crazy, yeah. You drive down to... Through St. Louis, and you see... um, Is that Miller down there? I think that... Oh, AB InBev, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. They got these huge, huge tanks that they paint to look like beer cans because, like, they're kind of the only thing you can see for, like, ten minutes. Yeah. And they need to make them look <laughs> aesthetically pleasing because they're so ugly. Like, Well, and, you know, like, uh, the craft beer thing is, you know, it's we have to remember, like you said, it's 33 years is the oldest craft yeah. beer manufacturer in the, in the U.S. legally. Uh, I have a friend named Bob Richardson, and Bob moved back. Or B- Bob moved to the U.S. from from England about probably twenty five or thirty years ago, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um, and uh, there's a line that I love to repeat of his, and he just says, "Imagine my chagrin moving to the United States of America to discover that Budweiser is the king of beers." Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was he was very happy when Bell's started producing. That's funny <laughs> to to yeah so. As time went on, um, craft beer in the U.S., um, a lot of the, like, even the people in Europe will say that, like, you can find the best beer in the U.S. a lot of the time. Not some super specific old monk styles or whatever, but because we destroyed beer absolutely. <laughs> we got down to the shittiest beer that ever existed and then said, okay, I guess you guys are allowed to make beer now. And people took the time to, like, make good things while in, in Ireland Guinness slowly, you know, 
they, they, they could cut each corner as it happened because it happened slowly. Yeah, over that 300 pe- years or people whatever. People didn't notice. In the U.S., we said, we're not going to drink alcohol and destroyed everything and said, okay, we're going to drink alcohol again. And there were hundreds of breweries making shitty American lagers and then economies of scale hit in and then there were five. And now it was okay to make it at a small scale and Joe Shorts... No, that's a real person. Joe Short um, is a real that's person. That's a real person. You know, Joe Nobody could... <laughs> or Joe Short. <laughs> Joe, Short, Joe, Joe Short, Short also did that. Yeah. That was literally the thing he did could, was could start make making... Could make a stout for the first time. And you right. get a beer that wasn't piss I mean, yellow. I mean... Uh, Nick, what's your favorite beer? Well, no, I was just going to say, like, my dad remembers, like, when when uh, Bell's Kalamazoo Stout came out, like, in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Like, he, the, and, and uh, that was just like, what is this? Like they never, yeah. you know, they never experienced anything like that before. Or like Soul, you could Soul Sun was the original name for Oberon, right? They maybe got sued by Soul Brewery, or maybe at Brewery. at like import shops, you could find old, poorly handled versions of European beers that were similar to this. But like that was it. My yeah. mom would talk about drinking beer brand beer. Because what happened is they would just not put any sort of brand identity on it because they're like, oh, it's cheap and it's beer and we don't want anyone to know who makes it because everyone knows it sucks. So we don't <laughs> want to bite the bullet, but like they're buying it because it's cheap yep. and like clawing I mean, out of that you got. Big Flats, Beer 30, we have those. Yeah. So, uh, so Nick, what's your favorite beer My favorite so beer, oh, that's, that's, that's really hard. What's your favorite stout? Yeah, what's your favorite stout? Because uh, we're drinking a stout right now, right? Uh, it's, gonna, it's actually just I'm gonna classified get, as a lager. Oh, I, think, a lo- I think it's a doppelbach. It's a brandy barrel aged winter lager, yeah. yeah I think it's I'm a gonna, doppelbach. I'm going to get real specific. My favorite stout is uh, Bell's Double Cream on Nitro. That's oh. a good. That's a good. Uh, that is a good beer. They they had uh, Bell's Double Cream on Nitro a couple years ago on tap, and it was fantastic. Uh, favorite beer overall, though, that's that's pretty hard. I'm going to do a quick shout-out to one of my favorite breweries that I've been to a couple times in Hershey, Pennsylvania, called Trogues. Oh, yeah, Trogues is fantastic. Uh, Trogues makes uh, a couple beers that I, I love very dearly called Perpetual IPA and uh, Nugget Nectar. Mm-hmm. And those two beers are probably in my top five. Uh, my friend Justin got married back in March. And uh, shout out to Liz at Trogues who uh, traded me some beers and uh, let me go on a brewery tour. And uh, yeah, uh, Trogues makes some great stuff. Perpetual is great. If you have a chance to get Perpetual, I think you can get it in Ohio. I think that's the farthest that Trogues distributes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, check out Trogues. Check out Perpetual. Go to Ohio. Cleveland's (laughs) cool. Cleveland's cool as hell, I've discovered. Columbus is one of my favorite places to hang out. Yeah. See the world. Broaden your horizons. Yeah. Go See to the sh- world. Go to Ohio. <laughs> exactly. So what about you? What's your favorite? What's your favorite stout? So my favorite stout I, is... My favorite beers are stouts, so that's where we're... That's stouts why we're, are great. Like, I'm going to exclude barrel-age stuff because it's all one-off and it's hard to pin down I'm not to going year. to, but you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I think my favorite stout is, is actually... Um, Bell's Expedition Stout, Expose a beer a good one. invented in in fucking eighty nine. Yeah, that's like, a good one. Old as most craft breweries. Um, specifically, though, uh, if you if you age that beer properly a couple years, it is just the most delicious thing. That's actually we gave um, at Lakefront. We gave them a six pack of twenty fifteen Expo. Oh man! And they yeah. hooked us the fuck up. They were pumped about. It's that. just so good. But my favorite beer 
overall, um, it's hard to pin down because lately I've been getting some, a lot of the wild fermented stuff and the sours and mm-hmm. like those are never the same. Uh, if, if a company tries to tell you it's the same batch to batch, like they're just trying to create a market presence. They're just never <laughs> the same if they're ex- so um, out in um, out in Denver, there's a brewery um, called Crooked Stave Brewing mm-hmm. that I was out there uh, for spring break last year and had a great time there. And um, to be honest, I was pretty lit and don't remember exactly which one. But I'm, but one I'm of those, certain one for of the second s- I thought you meant excited. I understand what oh, you yeah, mean. Oh yeah, no, no. I was I was kind of, I was pretty drunk and like I think I had smoked some of that legal weed. And <laughs> one of the sours I had there, I'm pretty sure it was family the, friendly the show, best right? beer I ever had. No? no. Oh no, we sw- we do the we do the swears. Oh, okay. oh yeah. We do the swears and et cetera. We explicit tag all this. Dope. So, what's your favorite beer and stout, and is that the same? This is a four-part answer. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm right there with you for Bells and Stouts. Uh, my favorite was their 30th, which I know is like their 30th, their 30th, oh, yeah, anniversary. 30th anniversary. Uh Actually, my favorite was their barrel-aged 30th. Yeah. Uh, I drank them out of both of those, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was like, in fact... I, I so I saw uh, the band the Bad Plus there back in March or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, February March, and uh, I overheard that they had just put barrel aged on for that. Like they had just put it on, so I walked over and, and uh, I, I can't remember who was working. Uh, but they, I said, "Can I uh, can I order two barrel aged and just have them in the same cup?" It was, it was me. Same pint. Was it you? No, yeah. it wasn't you. It was me. It wasn't you. It was. It was. It was I it remember was, this conversation specifically. You were standing there, but the gal, oh. the gal who filled me up was she. I can't remember who it was. It might have been. Yeah, I was. It might have been Dana, but she looked at me. and She goes, "So for for those of you who don't know, I'm six foot five. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big guy. Uh, so she looked me up and down, and she goes, "Yeah, you can have a pint." Yeah. <laughs> But you have to drink was, a glass of water afterwards. I was gonna say I knew I was there for that. You were there. Because it was like it was like yeah. If li- if most people ask me, they'd be like no. But it's like yeah. You know what? Yeah, they're like I bet you can handle it. Like I can't responsibly <laughs> serve most human beings a fucking like fourteen percent beer, a pint of that. But it's like yeah, it was great. I think you'll be okay. Uh, yeah, I drank B- it very quickly and then bought another <laughs> BBA thirtieth. Uh, is very good. Oh man. So, but those are my those are my two favorites. But since they're they're sort of you know they're they're, they're gone they're, yeah they're gone I th- well they, I think they're selling some yeah I mean there's some there's some BBA thirtieth left but like thirtieth was bottled and made you know that's almost three yeah. years ago now and that's, yeah it was yeah. great it was I've so got great. about four of them 2015 yeah oh boy I think I got like twenty <laughs> I I ran my six pack out I just had a six pack I got for it was so good uh, but then for for stuff you can get regularly it's probably a toss up between. Three one two Bourbon County, okay, yeah, uh, or not three one two Goose Island, yeah, Goose Island, uh, Goose Island's Bourbon County, which they're kind of a larger. I mean, they're owned by Ambev now, I think. Yeah, I, I can't remember if they sold out fully or just partially, but Par- yeah, they're a partial. A- 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 sell. Inbev is a partial owner. Of yeah, they're they're a so. partial sellout. They're not a full sellout. They're they're basically just using the Inbev. Uh, um, like the money, the facilities, they mostly just the distribution. I think. 
but they have that whole separate brewery out in New York now. Yeah, yeah. So like they're it's so yeah, it's 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 whatever. But but Bourbon County it's is the poster really child fucking good of the AB InBev buying craft breweries. There. Yeah, they bought a good one and then they set them up and they still like make pretty good beer. They do. So people are like not against it, right? But it is AB InBev. So it is it is AB InBev, but I do like Bourbon County a lot. And it, yeah. and it sellers really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sellers really well. It, it gets a little boozier. I think I had a 2016. I think I had a Bourbon County yeah. 2016. It was quite good. It's very good. My dad's got a 13 that I bought him. I think he's still got two bottles left. And nice. Was, nice. So that's five years is about where it stops being important to, you know, <laughs> for that one. It's like, just yeah. fucking drink it. But uh, then the other, uh, then my, my regular ass, like my go-to is I love Dragon's Milk. I think Dragon's sure. Milk is great. Yeah. Okay, if you're based out of Kalamazoo. I am. If Well, I know you are. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're based out of Kalamazoo, Michigan, or, or very tight surrounding area, and you go to the – this is not an endorsement, but if you go to the Crossroads Cinema at the, the Crossroads Mall in Portage, you go out there to the Celebration Cinema at the Crossroads, they'll sell you a fucking – 24 ounce dragon's milk for, like for nine dollars it, it's, it's nine dollars oh but that's the same that's the same as what like the summer shandy costs they have draft and craft prices yeah for a 16 they, and a they, 24 and so you can get a 24 do they just not know and a, bom- a, yeah. a bomber uh, a bomber is 14 i think of dragon yeah like, like it's basically like they don't know what they're doing and i think they decided we want two prices well four prices right craft I'm trying to make it easier craft and not craft so 16 like, and 24 and that's it that's and so amazing. i went to thor ragnarok I'm like i, I drink beer like i i drink beer yeah. and i got a 24 of fucking dragon's milk oh my and like God. got to the end of the movie and a third of it left and was like i guess i need to finish this i can't take it with me threw it back and left like i'm kind of drunk like yeah, from the sure. one beer that i purchased and if you work there and you're listening don't you fucking tell anyone well i think don't do your goddamn research i think it's, it's 10 and a half or 11 percent it's not yeah dragon's milk, it's not light dragon's milk is over 10 yeah. like yeah, at it's, most it's, places, you get like an eight ounce pour. Yeah, yeah. You get eight ounce pour of like a ten percent beer. Oh, I, I have very fond memories of uh, uh, picking up a uh, a chocolate milkshake from McDonald's on the way home, <laughs> and me and my buddy uh, trading the bottle and the cup and chasing the the chocolate milkshake with the dragon's milk. Oh my god. It's delicious. That Try it amazing. out. The dragon's milkshake, man. It's the, it's the, <laughs> the dragon's milkshake. I love it. So, yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, well, I th- yeah, I think that's going to do it for us here. Um Thanks for coming on. Thanks oh, for, coming on, for having this me, gentlemen. So I've had I've had a great time yeah. bitching about Annie Clark's latest abomination and <laughs> being mad it wasn't more like her second one while doting on two records that I love a lot. So, <laughs> do you want to refresh anyone on anything yet coming up? This comes out uh, Monday, the twenty seventh. So this comes out Monday, the twenty seventh. So Monday, the twenty seventh. Uh, at 9 p.m. at Shakespeare's Lower Level in Kalamazoo, Michigan, I host the Intermural Music Jam. Mm-hmm. Goes 9 to midnight. Awesome drink specials. Like I said, it's like $2 PBRs, which maybe not the right crowd. Uh, but the, the thing is, though, I, in, I, I think I was explaining it precipitate. Like, fuck all that, right? I'm going to get the nice thing, and then I'm going to get like a PBR. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I'm not going to do the middle tier of yeah, like, I'll that. take the log and need it. Yeah, fuck that. No, right? I'm just going to say also, like, go play music. Like, yeah, I, I, right? I've done it. A, I've done it like one or two times, and like everyone there 
has been so great weekly and, and so welcoming and there's like because like the, uh, there have been jazz jams in Kalamazoo before where I brought my guitar and I was like oh this this uh, I'm going off on a tangent right now I'm very sorry that's fine but, but fine. like I went to one of these jazz jams just giving like, oh. Nick you're donating your plugs to Jared because no, you and yeah. I don't have shit to plug at the moment yeah it's and the I was holidays like, I was like this is gonna be so cool and then they're like playing like hard intricate jazz that I have no room playing in but this intramural jam on Monday nights there's like there's no skill cap it's just like hey you can play guitar like we here's the chord progression like <coughs> like like play with us we had a 14 year old come with her mom a couple weeks ago and and lead us through versions of like uh what was that tune uh the black horse and the cherry tree oh, oh nice. yeah and then uh, she also did heart-shaped box it was really it was sweet and like she's 14 so it's like you know, like she was great for her age, you know, but mm-hmm. we don't care. We'll get her up. I don't give a damn. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, out. it's so good. It's like a great experience. Get out there and do something. If you're not in a band and you've always wanted to like play on stage you. with other people, it's like, it's a, it, it's great. It's a great opportunity. Plus $3 hot dogs. Shit, and yeah. the hot dogs, hot dogs and fries. I hot dog say, like, with fries. Plus those fries, I will, I will blow Shakespeare's for a second here. Fucking three dollar <laughs> hot dog and waffle fries. Like, yep. And I, you, I, I, I buy two. I buy two when I go. It's it's six bucks for two of them yeah. with tons of fries. The fucking waffle fries, and, man. And the and the regular pulls are half off. So like, yeah. you know, like if they have Monday a, nights are the best. Yeah, if they have a good pull downstairs, which they have good pulls all the time, it's, it's you know a five dollar beer is two fifty. You can't fucking go wrong. Uh, and then uh, I'll be at Shakespeare's again on Friday, the December 1st, uh, with my band, Sex Watch and Bridge Band. You can hear us at bridge-band.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. You can look us up there. We also have a Twitter. Uh, we also have an Instagram. Um, but we're playing with the uh, Joe Policastro trio from New York City and then Lush, who just completed a really big project a couple weeks ago as of this airing. It was actually only like three days ago, <laughs> uh, as uh, right now. Yeah. But uh, g- they're awesome. I- I'm super excited. Uh, Bridgeman, we've been working hard. We've got some surprises in store. We haven't played in town at a public gig since ja- since July. So, uh, yeah, if you want if you want to check us out, uh, we're going to be bringing the heat and the ruckus. Go to yeah. go to Selner Bros. Buy some. Oh yeah, yeah. buy some strings. Also, buy yeah. some mic cables. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you're Kalamazoo based and you're buying, I mean, guitar shit because that seems to be the most common thing. Guitar, but saxophone, music stuff, stuff right? drum stuff. Well, uh, get your, vintage stuff. Get too, your reads. Do, get we, your reads at Selner yeah. Bros. We got amps. We got a lot of vintage gear. We we also do stereo equipment, home stereo equipment. Shop uh, local. Fuck corporations. So yeah, so uh, we've got a lot of used speakers and stereos in right now too. So. Hell yeah. So let us know. We, we partner with uh, some of the other groups in town to make sure that nobody's stepping on each other's toes. So Nice. Come see us uh, and uh, buy a gift card for the guy that you don't know what to buy for because he's a weirdo that plays guitar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nick, anything anything for you? No. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. Here, here's what Let I got going about on. You. Anything from you? I got a, I got a bunch nothing of school bad. shit. So no. Nothing creative. Awesome. Nothing fun. <laughs> Hey, this semester will be over eventually. Yeah. Uh, sure do love working in school. I do have something. Um, I'm editing about uh, 12 papers. So yeah. if someone wants to help me with that. Don't know if that caught. Alicia's editing 12 papers. Alicia's editing so. 12 papers. Well, I won't be helping. 
I'm so, sorry, Alicia. So Nick and I are going to get a beer instead. Um, <laughs> yes. And I have to go jam with some homies. Yeah. This is the perfect night. This is, yeah. this is so good. Thanks for listening. Um, this has been Something Old. Something New. Something Borrowed. And Something Brewed. I am Andrew J. Pytel. I'm Nick Lancaster. And I'm Jared the Sasquatch Selner. And we should have come up with an outro for this show. At 10 episodes, we got no outro. Evelyn, a modified dog. I'm playing that. the quivering fringe of a special doily. I am playing that. Draped across a piano with some surprise. (laughs) In a darkened room where the chair just made and a horrible curtain muffled the rage. You can hardly believe her eyes. (laughs) Thank you for listening. A curious breeze of garlic breath which sounded like a snore. Underneath the diamond and even from within. Had caused the doily fringe to waft and tremble in the groom. Evelyn, a dog, having undergone further modifications. I can't remember that's the gonna, last part. That's going to do it <laughs> for us the here, significance folks. of short burst pen. pen.